2, Chapter 9 of The Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah Grand. Book 2, Chapter 9. Colonel Cahoon came to Evadne one day and asked her if she would not go out. She put down her work, rose at once, smiling, and declared that she should be delighted. There had been a big regimental guest night the day before, and Colonel Cahoon had dined at mess and was consequently irritable. Acquiescence is as provoking as opposition to a man in that mood and he chose to take offence at Evadne's evident anxiety to please him. She makes quite a business of being agreeable to me, he reflected, while he was waiting for her to put her hat on. She requires me to be on my good behaviour, as if I were a schoolboy out for a half-holiday, and thinks it is her duty to entertain me by way of reward, I suppose. And thereupon he set himself determinedly against being entertained and accordingly, when Evadne rejoined him and made some cheerful remark, he responded to it with a sullen grunt, which did small credit to his manners, either as a man or a gentleman, and naturally checked the endeavour for the moment so far as she was concerned. As he did not seem inclined to converse, she showed her respect for his mood by being silent herself. But this was too much for him, he stood it as long as he could, and then he burst out, Do you never talk? I don't know, she said surprised. Do you like talkative women? I like a woman to have something to say for herself. While Evadne was trying in her slow way to see precisely what he meant by this little outbreak, they met one of the officers of the regiment, escorting a very showy young woman and as everybody in Malta knows everybody else in society, and this was a stranger, Evadne asked, more, however, to oblige Colonel Cahoon by making a remark than because she felt the slightest curiosity on the subject. Who is that with Mr. Finchley? A new arrival, I suppose. Oh, only a girl he brought out from England with him, Colonel Cahoon answered coarsely staring hard at the girl as he spoke, and forgetting himself for once in his extreme irritability. He ought not to bring her here, though, he added carelessly. Mr. Finchley had passed them, hanging his head and pretending not to see them. Evadne flushed crimson. Do you mean that he brought out a girl he is not married to and is living with her here? she asked. That is the position exactly, Colonel Cahoon rejoined, and I'll see him in the orderly room tomorrow and interview him on the subject. He has no business to parade her publicly where the other fellow's wives may meet her, and I'll not have it. Evadne said no more, but there was a ball that evening, and during an interval between the dances, when she was standing beside Colonel Cahoon, and several ladies in a prominent position and much observed, 
for it was just at the time when she was at the height of her unenviable vogue, Mr. Finchley came up and asked her to dance. She had drawn herself up proudly as he approached, and having looked at him deliberately, she turned her back upon him. There was no mistaking her intention. Colonel Cahoon's hand paused on its way to twirl his blonde moustache, and there was a perceptible sensation in the room. Captain Belliot shook his head with the air of a man who had been deceived in an honest endeavour to make the best of a bad lot, and is disheartened. "'She took me in completely,' he said. "'I should never have guessed she was that kind of woman. What is society coming to?' She must be deuced nasty-minded herself, you know, or she wouldn't have known Finchley had a woman out with him, said Major Livingston, whom Mrs. Guthrie Brimston called Lady Betty because of his nice, precise little ways with ladies. Oh, trust a prude, said Captain Brown. They spy at all the beastliness that's going. Colonel Cahoon did not take this last proof of Evadne's peculiar views at all well. He was becoming even more sensitive as he grew older to what fellows say or think, and he was therefore considerably annoyed by her conduct, so much so, indeed, that he actually spoke to her upon the subject himself. "'People will say that I've married Mrs. Grundy,' he grumbled. "'I suppose so.' she answered tranquilly. You see, I do not feel at all about these things as you do. I wish you could feel as I do. But seeing that you cannot, it is fortunate, is it not, that we are not really married. It sounds as if you were congratulating yourself upon the fact of our position, he said. But don't you congratulate yourself? she answered in surprise. Surely, you have had as narrow escape as I had. You would have been miserable too. He made no answer. It is perhaps easier to resign an inferior husband than a superior wife. But he let the subject drop then for the moment. Only for the moment, however, for later in the day he had a conversation with Mrs. Guthrie Brimston. That little business about the Clarences had not interrupted the intimacy between Colonel Cahoon and the Guthrie Brimstons. How could it? Mrs. Guthrie Brimston was as amusing as ever, and Colonel Cahoon remained in command of a crack regiment, and was a handsome man, well set up, and soldier-like into the bargain. It was Evadne who had caused all the annoyance, and consequently there was really no excuse for a rupture, especially as Evadne met the Guthrie Brimstones herself with as much complacency as ever. Colonel Cahoon had gone to Mrs. Guthrie Brimstones that afternoon for the purpose of discussing the advisability of getting some experienced woman of the world to speak to Evadne with a view to putting a stop to her nonsense, and the consultation ended with an offer from Mrs. Guthrie Brimstone to undertake the task herself. Her interference, however, produced not the slightest effect on Evadne. End of chapter 9